Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the campaign edition of Primetime Politics on CPAC. It is day 30 of the campaign, just one week to go now before Election Day. And so the sprint to the finish line begins with party leaders trying to rally supporters and trying to hit the ridings where they need to hang on to seats or win new ones. And with the polls showing that tight race between Liberals and Conservatives, those two leaders are ramping up their attacks on each other on a day when criminal punishments are invoked to protect health workers. And there are more promises for families and Indigenous communities. Coming up, party candidates on what's at stake in this last week of the election race and journalists on the changing tone of the campaign and what they'll be watching for as the final week of the contest plays out. But first, let's look at the day on the campaign trail. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole began the final week of campaigning in a suburban Ottawa riding held by the Liberals but where the Conservatives believe they can win. O'Toole promised a Conservative government would allow Canadians on parental or maternity leave to earn as much as $1,000 a month before they face clawbacks from their employment insurance benefits. O'Toole also promises to expand the Canada Child Benefit to allow expectant parents to collect the benefit starting at the seventh month of pregnancy rather than at childbirth to help with the costs of car seats and cribs and to provide more generous benefits for adoptive parents. We have a cost of living crisis in Canada right now. We're going to be helping families. We're going to be helping seniors. We're going to be helping Canadians get ahead. The alternative is more debt, higher taxes, and more division with Mr. Trudeau. The Conservative leader in this final week of campaigning responded to increasing attacks from the Liberals by going personal and negative himself, telling voters not to reward a privileged and selfish leader who no longer deserves his respect. What would the sunny ways Justin think of the Prime Minister we see today? The one who is clinging to power by dividing the country, fostering fear and division, sowing mistruths and misinformation wherever he goes. The NDP leader began the final week of the campaign in northern Ontario in a riding held by the Conservatives. Jagmeet Singh also took aim at Justin Trudeau. Singh urged voters to consider the cost of the broken promises from the Liberal leader, and he focused on the ongoing problem of boil water advisories on First Nations. Justin Trudeau promised to end all boil water advisories by March of 2021. And while significant progress has been made, there are still 51 long-term boil water advisories in effect in First Nations communities. Jagmeet Singh promised he'll get the job done. It's because it wasn't a priority for him. It was, it's because he didn't make this something that was top of mind every single day. And I don't know why he didn't care enough to do it. But when I look at the kids that I met that we're going to meet shortly, when you look at their eyes and you meet the community members and you look at them and say, how is it possible that this is our country? You, you just wouldn't accept that. I don't accept it. And Singh was pressed about the possible election outcome with Liberals and Conservatives neck and neck in the polls. Singh was asked if he's willing to prop up Justin Trudeau if the Liberals lose the seat count but try to hold on to power in a minority parliament. So for people, what I want them to know is if they make their decision, I want them to make their decision based on what I'm going to fight for. If you want to see investments in health care, if you want to see a universal pharmacare, that's something that appeals to you, vote NDP. If you want to make sure you've got a government that's going to fight for you every step of the way, and it's not going to back down to big polluters, not going to back down to the big telecom, then vote for New Democrats. 
The Liberal leader campaigned in British Columbia's Lower Mainland, where so many ridings are in play and many feature three-way races. On a day when more anti-vaccine protests were held across Canada, Justin Trudeau promised a re-elected Liberal government will make it a criminal offence to obstruct access to any building providing health services, including hospitals, vaccine clinics, testing centres, pharmacies and abortion clinics. He'd make it a criminal offence to intimidate or threaten any healthcare professionals on duty and protect any business that requires proof of vaccination from legal challenges. It is not okay that across the country, hospitals are having to put up barricades today to manage the mobs coming their way. It's not okay any day to know that a nurse going into a late shift, crossing a parking lot, might be afraid that there could be someone there to spit on her or shout obscenities at her. That's not okay, and Canadians want to stand up for our health care practitioners. Trudeau then renewed his attacks on Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole over vaccinations, gun control, abortion rights and climate change. Trudeau insists that his attacks are not personal, but based on O'Toole's policy choices. I'm not impugning his character. I'm not saying he doesn't love his kids. I'm saying he's wrong about how to ensure jobs and prosperity and a protected country for people in the future. But that's what Canadians get to choose. I'm going to let him and his proxies in the anti-vaxxer movement, in the gun, uh, in the gun lobby, uh, in the anti-choice crowd continue to attack me. Fine. I'm going to continue to stay focused on Canadians. Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet campaigned in Gaspé. He's accusing the Liberal minister who represents the riding of interfering in the judicial nomination process. Blanchet too was asked about where his support would go if voters elect another minority parliament. Blanchet made it clear the Bloc would not form a coalition with any party, but insisted the party that wins the most seats must be given the first opportunity to form a government. And Green Party leader Annemi Paul made a rare trip outside Toronto. She campaigned with candidates in Prince Edward Island. And that's the kind of day it's been. Day 30 of the campaign, one week to go before voting day. So more political attacks over vaccine policies today and a decidedly nastier tone on the campaign trail. Let's bring in three candidates as the campaign now enters its final stage. Uh, Kamel Kerr is the Liberal candidate for re-election in the riding of Brampton West in Ontario. Todd Doherty is the Conservative candidate for re-election in the B.C. riding of Caribou Prince George. And Rachel Blaney is the NDP candidate for re-election in the British Columbia riding of North Island Powell River. Good to see you all. Uh, Mr. Doherty, if I can, let, let me start with you. Your leader, uh, Aaron O'Toole, today went sort of a full negative and personal on Justin Trudeau today, calling him privileged and entitled, no longer worthy of respect. What happened to the positive campaign uh, tone that Aaron O'Toole had been striking until today? Well, look, Peter, what we've seen from day one in this campaign is that uh, Prime Minister Trudeau or Justin Trudeau has, has launched American-style politics. He's been div uh, divisive. He has divided further uh, Canadians further and further. And um, you know, enough's enough. And I'm, I'm glad to see that our, our, our leader is um, saying enough's enough and, and telling Canadians exactly what they've been seeing from day one with this, this prime minister. You know, Canadians are further and further divided, and it's time for real leadership to bring Canadians together. How does this divide them less? 
Well, I think it, it sets very clearly what our prime minister has been doing uh, from day one. He is back on his heels and he has launched personal attacks against our leader from day one. And, you know, again, I think Canadians are, are seeing for the first time um, really what our prime minister and uh, Mr. Trudeau, Prime Minister Trudeau, has been uh, has been doing okay. right from day one. All right, uh, Ms. Kara, what, what's your response to those personal attacks from Aaron O'Toole today on Justin Trudeau? But and to be fair, uh, the Liberals have also stepped up the attacks to scare people off Aaron O'Toole, saying he's linked to the anti-vaxxers, linked to the gun control, the anti-gun control movement, uh, that he's beholden to them, the anti-abortionists. He implied today that if Canadians elect Conservatives, the pandemic will continue. Uh, what's the difference between those attacks and Mr. O'Toole's attacks? Well, look, Peter, you know, this election for me and, and our party is really boils down to the question of who has the best plan to lead Canada forward through uh, the end of this COVID-19 pandemic. You know, elections are about seeing who has the best policy and what really, and that's what we really need to focus on. And for me and the Liberal Party of Canada, it's about putting the best plan forward, whether it's on the fighting, uh, you know, our fight against COVID-19, on climate change, on on uh, child care and housing. And at the same time, though, Peter, we do have to talk about policies that are going to take Canada backwards, like the ones that the Conservatives are putting forward on child care, health care, or, or what we've seen in terms of the lack of leadership that they've seen in terms of not even, get, uh, you know, getting their own candidates to be vaccinated. You know, we have okay. the right plan to move Canada forward, and that's exactly what we're going to do. But what's the, what's the evidence that Aaron O'Toole is connected to the anti-vaxxer protests or any of that? We haven't seen any of that at the protests. Uh, there is none, Peter. Why, why put that out there? And does that help unite Canadians? Well, what I can tell you, uh, Peter, as I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, for me, it really down to putting the best policy forward. You know, I'm a registered nurse who worked relentlessly throughout this pandemic to get people vaccinated. Um, and it's unfortunate because we've seen throughout the campaigns, you know, conservatives won't even get uh, and get all their candidates to be fully vaccinated. And I think that's the only way that we're going to beat this pandemic uh, and putting our and putting the right uh, policy forward. Rachel Blaney, uh, Mr. Singh also said today he believes Justin Trudeau doesn't deserve to form another government because of failed promises. Uh, haven't heard him make it so much about Mr. Trudeau's upbringing or suggesting, you know, longer deserves respect. But what's your reaction to the changing tone of the campaign? Well, I think a lot of Canadians are frustrated. We are living through a fourth wave of a pandemic. You know, things have been uncertain for so long. Now we have more conflict in our communities, and we really need to see how we're going to all come together and deal with this issue. You know, when you look at both sides of this fight that we're seeing between the Liberals and the Conservatives, I agree. The Conservative leader has been unclear. You know, he's saying he stands for one thing, but he's allowing his caucus to vote another way. Um, and for the Liberals, you know, we're seeing more divisive language and really sort of pulling that part of let's be afraid instead of let's be hopeful and let's look at what our future can look like. But I think it's also important to talk about the healthcare workers who are facing a lot of these challenges when it comes to people protesting and having concerns about right. the vaccine. We need to make sure that that politics is where that stays and we take it out of the healthcare All right, let's, sector. Coming to that, let's drill down on that a bit. Mr. Doherty, the, the Liberals and the Democrats that they promised uh, both uh, criminal code protections for healthcare workers who've been facing uh, confrontations from anti-vaxxers, a criminal offense to block any building, uh, providing health services, criminal offense to intimidate or threaten healthcare workers and protecting uh, businesses uh, that require proof of vaccination from employees or customers from any legal challenges. Uh, Mr. O'Toole has also condemned the protest, but do conservatives support criminal sanctions against them? 
Well, let's be really clear. Uh, dis uh, it is disgusting what we've been seeing uh, with the threats of violence and threats of harm against our frontline personnel. You know, our nurses, our doctors, uh, our first responders. You know, back in January of last year, I tabled a bill, C-211, to deal exactly with this, to make sure that, you know, whether it is violence against a nurse or violence against a, uh, a first responder, that it's sentencing, that's an aggravating factor, uh, and, and that the perpetrator is sentenced to the full extent of the law. You know, if Justin Trudeau really felt so strongly about this, uh, he could have helped us and moved that bill along back in January of last year to make sure that our nurses and our frontline officers, our first responders, finally get the, the help that they need. Violence is not part of their job description. Right. So, so you, you, you move that bill. You, you, so your party, you believe, supports any kind of criminal sanctions. If, if you form government, you will introduce those sanctions uh, to protect health care workers. We will do whatever we can to make sure that our frontline personnel are safe and that violence is not part of their job description, right. that they can they can do their job and know that they'll have the full support of our government. Camille uh, Kara, why do you think these protests are happening? Well, Peter, let me first just start off by taking an opportunity just to first thank our frontline workers, whether it is nurses, doctors, PSWs, who face the challenge of a lifetime, and they rose to it. You know, for the last 18 months, they worked relentlessly day in and day out to keep Canadians safe and healthy. They made countless sacrifices, including, you know, staying apart from their loved ones so they can, you know, work on the front lines, putting their lives at risk to keep us safe. They deserve our gratitude, our, our praise, not these protests. And intimidating demonstrations that we're seeing at hospitals and other healthcare um, service buildings are deeply concerning and completely unacceptable. That's why we're going to take uh, concrete action to ensure Canadians can get health services that they need and healthcare workers can do their job free of obstruction, intimidation and threats. And that's okay. why we're going to you know, make it a criminal offence to obstruct access to these any of these buildings and protect our healthcare workers by making it a criminal offence uh, to uh, intimidate or threaten any healthcare professionals. All right. um, they've, had, they've had our back throughout this pandemic. We're going to have theirs. Rachel Blaney, the Democrats want as I, as I touched on, you want a similar uh, criminal code protections for healthcare workers. Uh, and, you know, and so uh, I guess you, the NDP has not been in government, but there, but there was the opportunity for Liberals, I guess, to introduce uh, this bill when they were in government because the pandemic's been with us for a while. Uh, now, I suppose we haven't seen this level of protest uh, till lately, but why do you believe these measures are needed and should they have come sooner? Well, you know, I think we all know that our communities are struggling. It's hard to keep having the open up, the shut down. And I understand that people are frustrated. But what we're seeing right now is an attack on people that are working those front lines that have stood the line while we're all living our lives. And so I think we absolutely have to have consequences. These are political decisions. They do not belong uh, in a healthcare field. You know, and I, I think about how many people in that whole sector have been spat on as they're walking to and from work. We look at how many healthcare professionals are walking off the job because they're absolutely exhausted after months and months and months of overtime work, trying to save lives. And now, you know, they're walking into their places of work being 
tormented. And I think we have to really draw the line here and say, look it, these are political decisions. If you're going to protest, okay. protest in the appropriate spot, not when you're putting lives at risk. All right. In a little bit of time we have left here, Mr. Doherty, what, uh, in the final days remaining, what do you want viewers to consider as, as the ballot box question? What do you think should, should motivate their vote when it comes time, if they haven't already done it in the advance polls, uh, to put a check mark on a ballot? Well, I think that Canadians have seen from day one that uh, Conservatives have a plan. We have a plan to secure the future, create jobs, secure our mental health and well-being of Canadians. Uh, make sure that regardless of who you are and where you are within our country, that your government will look after you, that you will listen to you, and that we have a plan for your future, a plan to secure your future. Okay. You know, now's not the time for divisive policies. Now's the time to bring Canadians together. All right. Kamal Kara, what's, what, that plan. what do you believe the overarching ballot box question should be for Canadians? Certainly, Peter, I think it boils down to who has the best plan forward to lead and uh, Canada forward, uh, whether it is through the end of this pandemic, who has the best plan forward on climate change, who has the best plan for, for affordability and childcare. Uh, we've had and we've showcased throughout this pandemic that we've had your back uh, in supporting Canadians, whether it is uh, from seniors to students, okay. uh, to workers, to small businesses. And we're going to ensure that we get through this. Uh, and have a brighter future for every single community. All right, so it's about, it's about compare the plans and pick a plan. Uh, Rachel Blaney, what's the overarching ballot question for New Democrats? What do you want Canadians to think about? Well, I think at the end of the day, people across Canada saw that it was the New Democrats that really thought about people first during the pandemic. We made sure and pushed the Liberals to do better in terms of climate action, in terms of making sure there were supports for persons living with disabilities, for persons with that were seniors. We made sure that there was actually money there in the wage subsidy for businesses, 10% to 75%, and of course the CERB from $1,000 to $2,000 a month. When it comes down to it, if people care about one another and making sure no one is left behind. The NDP okay. is the ones that will do it and will tax the rich to make sure that they finally pay their fair share. All right. That's our time for this evening. But uh, thanks to all of you for taking time to speak with me and uh, good luck to all of you. Uh, not too much time left. I know it's been an uh, arduous campaign. They always are uh, difficult in a pandemic, uh, but it's almost done and we'll see what Canadians think. And again, best of luck to all of you and we'll talk again soon. Talk soon. Thank you. Thanks. Well, as we enter the final week of the campaign, let's get the perspective from uh, three colleagues in the National Press Gallery on what to watch for and what we're seeing in the final week of the race. Heather Schofield is the Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star and columnist with that uh, news outlet as well. Bob Fife's the Parliamentary Bureau Chief for uh, the Globe and Mail. And Mia Rapson is a parliamentary reporter for the Canadian Press. Good to see you all. Uh, Heather, let me start with you. We saw the Conservative leader take a hard turn today and get very personal in his attacks on Justin Trudeau as privileged and entitled and always looking at for number one and, and going as far as to say that he's no longer worthy of respect. Why is Aaron O'Toole launching these kinds of attacks now? I think we're at that point in the campaign where everybody's pivoting towards we're done with all the policy. We put, they put most of it out there. Um, and I think right now they're really trying very hard to define each other's character. So we're into the final days of that. I think the um, Conservatives are feeling um, that perhaps they're, they're you know, they, they were enjoying some momentum in the polls um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there are some signs that maybe it's, it might be a bit soft. And so I think they're trying to uh, buckle down and, and harden that 
up as much as they can. And so uh, pers- it doesn't surprise me at all, really, that, that we're hearing some some personal attacks coming um, from Aaron O'Toole directed towards Justin Trudeau. And and Trudeau, you know, is uh, he's got to harden up his vote, too, right? It's just so close that uh, it's not a surprise to me that it's getting personal at this point. What are your thoughts on this, Bob? Because it occurs to me in watching all of this that, you know, th- this is uh, this is from the, uh, you know, a liberal 101 playbook is demonized the opponent in the last week of the campaign. It looks like Aaron O'Toole is trying to trying to flip that on its head, tired of being pin cushioned in every campaign. Uh, is there a difference between what Aaron O'Toole is saying and what Justin Trudeau is saying today? Well, I, I'm not getting personal. I'm just attacking policies. Well, I mean, he was getting personal, basically saying, oh, of course, I'm not getting personal, but he's with anti-vaxxers, you know, he's with the gun folks. Uh, he was being uh, uh, very critical and personal with, with the uh, conservative leader as well. But I think one of the reasons why the conservatives are using, are going more personal is that the liberals have been very effective over the last week with attack ads, particularly on the vaccinations, but also on guns. And I think we're initially beginning to see that in the 905 area, the liberals are now getting creeping back up so that they may have less worries about uh, split votes in those writings and the conservatives winning it. And one of the factors in this election campaign has been the, uh, I think, uh, uh, Trudeau has dragged down the Liberal Party in this election campaign. And I think one of the reasons why they're going to go negative on Trudeau is try to see if that can help them in the final, the conservatives in the final stretch of this election campaign. All right, Mia, what are your thoughts on what, uh, what we're seeing in these final days of the campaign? I think we're seeing what the parties are believing is sort of what this election is is about and what people are already feeling. The Liberals think that Aaron O'Toole is is a little bit weak or vulnerable on vaccinations, on coming out of this pandemic. So they're going hard on him on those things. The Conservatives see that Justin Trudeau, his uh, his ethics and his leadership are the big questions uh, for people about the Liberal Party. So that is where they are going hard. They're really trying to solidify these maybe things that people are, oh, maybe I'm kind of thinking that. They are trying to jam it home. And as people are now going to the vote ballot, the ballot box, we also know that we had advanced polls over the weekend, mail-in ballots. People are already voting and more, more people are expecting to vote before election day than ever before. So they need to do this mm. now as people are actually making those choices. Heather, the Liberal leader today promised a re-elected Liberal government would bring in criminal protections for health workers who've been facing confrontations from anti-vaxxers, a criminal offense to block any building providing health services, criminal offense to intimidate or threaten health care workers, and a promise of protections for businesses that require proof of vaccination from employees or customers uh, and, and, and that might end up facing legal challenges. Uh, interesting. I mean, he's been on vaccinations the whole campaign, but he's really sort of doubled down on the last couple of days as if the liberals now have very clear indication. They, they see this as a point of demarcation with the conservatives. It might even make the difference in the campaign. How do you see it? Um, it's interesting, too, that uh, Jagmeet Singh had some similar proposals today as well. Um, and I think what it tells us is, um, you know, that whole um, discourse that we heard at the beginning of the campaign from, or that we've heard over the past few months from um, the Liberals about Build Back Better and those long-term plans, um, perhaps is not resonating as much as um, voters' concerns about the here and now, but just 
get us out of this thing. And that uh, the, the, the leader who has the best plan to just, you know, deal with the pandemic and get rid of it and, and, and deal with the animosity that we see right in front of our faces right now um, will be the one to carry the day. So, um, it, so that's, I think, why Justin Trudeau is really doubling down on the more immediate plans. I mean, yes, they have lots of, oh, they all have plans about housing and climate change and, and um, you know, and the economy and so forth. But the emphasis is very much on the here and now. Right. Uh, interesting, Bob, that uh, the campaign began when the prime minister suggesting or liberal leaders suggesting uh, prime minister at the time that, look, we, we can have an election now because we can do it safely. It's time to choose the future of the pandemic. We've come sort of full circle now to the end of the campaign where he said last night and again today, if you want the pandemic to end, you have to vote liberal. Uh, what's the strategy here? Well, look, I think their own polls are showing that, uh, and I, it, it's obvious, Canadians are very, very concerned about the fourth wave, as we, particularly as we head into the fall. And they want, and the statistics show that the people who are getting sick are people who have not been vaccinated or have been only partially vaccinated. That puts Mr. O'Toole in trouble because some of his candidates are not uh, vaccinated or not fully vaccinated, even though he is. Uh, being very clear how supportive he was, uh, is of it. But I think that really hurts the con uh, the conservative message. Uh, and I think it hurts them everywhere uh, because people are very, very concerned about uh, the fourth wave and we want to get on with our lives and we want people to be properly vaccinated. Um, Mia, uh, how, how do you think, if you do see a change, how do you think that that is happening with uh, the use of uh, the vaccination issue and, and uh, likely to expect a, a ramping up of that in the final days of the campaign as, as the Liberals try to make that a point of differentiation with Conservatives? I think so. I mean, we've seen it from the beginning. Justin Trudeau has been pushing this idea about vaccines and, and vaccine mandates and talking about Aaron O'Toole not wanting to go forward with vaccine mandates. His favorite line, I think I've heard it a million times in this campaign, is he wants to get 90 percent of Canadians vaccinated. He can't even get 90 percent of his candidates vaccinated. So it's something that Trudeau is going hard on. What was interesting to me today is he's not just going today on the vaccine and getting vaccinated and vaccine mandates. He is pushing back against these protests mm. that are sort of obviously affiliated with anti-vaccination movements, but which I have seen a growing and large number of Canadians feel really angry about what's happening. They want to see leadership from all of the politicians to say, this is not okay. This is not okay to happen in Canada. You can protest all you want, but blocking an ambulance from getting to the hospital, people are very angry about this. And that is what, that is kind of the anger that Trudeau, I think, is trying to tap into now to motivate people to go to the polls. He's trying to link the conservatives to these protests, even though with the exception of a few at maybe one anti-Trudeau event early on, there's no evidence that it's actually conservatives at this, at these, at these. He was asked right. about that today. He couldn't provide any evidence. He is trying to link the conservatives to that to make Canadians angry at them and motivate them to go to the polls and vote for the Liberals. Bob, let me jump back to you here and then we'll go around as, as our final run here. Uh, uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould's uh, back in the news with her allegations against the Prime Minister. You've been all over that story again. Um, where does that factor as we get to the final part of the campaign here? And uh, give me a sense of what you'll be watching for if, if that's part of it in the last uh, six days of the campaign here to, till we get to voting day. Well, I'm not sure that it's going to have an overall impact on voters. It it will reinforce a message that Trudeau uh, cannot be trusted. Um, she writes about uh, uh, the centralized control around the prime minister's office. She 
said that he wanted her to, to lie. So it, it's a, but we've already known uh, a lot of that stuff in the SNC Lavalin affair. Um, so I think it, it doesn't help at all, certainly, if, uh, but I don't think it's going to have a, a long term effect on uh, this election campaign. Uh, uh, you know, I, what I think is happening here is that, you know, the conservatives are stalled and the liberals are slowly trending upwards. Uh, they're definitely, I think, I think it's going to be a liberal minority, uh, and it, it could even be a strong liberal minority. All right. Uh, Heather, what are you watching for in the final few days of the campaign? Uh, what are you going to set your sights on? Well, I'll, I'm looking to see exactly how um, how Justin Trudeau um, manages to, you know, if, if I, I agree with Bob that there is some momentum, slow momentum that we see with the Liberals. How are they going to amplify that and turn it into something something broader? You know, does uh, does Justin Trudeau go really negative against Darren O'Toole to amplify that, or does he, you know, go out with big vision and positive hope and uh, you know an uplifting message? Is that what he's going to be able to try to get people on side with? And also, you know, get out the vote is hugely important. Every single vote counts all the time, but especially now. All right, Mia, what will you be watching for in, uh, in the days ahead here? I'm watching to see how much he turns his, his attention to Jagmeet Singh and the NDP, because for the most part, those are the voters the Liberals really want to bring into their camp to sort of bring them up over the top. There, there's maybe some soft conservative votes that they're looking for. But today he was really going hard against uh, against Aaron O'Toole, didn't really mention Jagmeet Singh very often. I'm really interested to see if that changes over the, the, the rest of the week, because that'll be a sign as to where the Liberals think that those final votes will be coming from. Yeah, one suspects that might be coming. You get the feeling watching the campaign events today that Jagmeet Singh knows it's coming uh, because he spent a lot of time today, uh, you know, uh, deflecting questions about uh, who he might support in a minority parliament. He didn't make the same mistake today as he's made in the last election campaign, right? Uh, and a little bit of, I, I did this too on, on the, the health care workers. Don't forget about me. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for your time today. Uh, lots to consider in the days ahead. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. And that is all the time we have for this campaign edition of Primetime Politics. I'm Peter Van Dusen, and from all of us here at CPAC, thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.